Good morning, everyone. It's glad to be back with you again. I um, had a little argument last night with Terry's wife because I told her, I'd, yeah, I've been to mission conferences here before, but she's right. I have not been to a missions conference. <laughs> I remember I've been here several times and I've presented to Sunday school classes before, but. Let me just say. He didn't have the opportunity to learn a long time ago like I did. Don't argue with Emily. I have learned that about my wife as well. So it's good. Thank you again for letting me come and, and speak to you and remind you again of what we're doing in Peru. I know so many of you are familiar. A lot of you have been down to work with us. And so I'll go through these pictures and talk to you, give you an update about how the Lord's been working with us lately. There's just a picture of the city of Trujillo taken from the top of one of the mountains outside. And our current team, as you'll, you may notice, um, most of our team now are Peruvians. We are, our American component is getting smaller and we're growing on the national leadership side. This is an old photo of me and my five children, my wife Susan. All of our children are now stateside. Our youngest is now 16, the little girl there, and she just graduated high school in December in Peru. So now she's back ready to start um, university here. The couple in the middle are Stuart Mills and his wife Meg, and they have just left. They got back a week ago after about 10 years of serving with us. Stuart's now going to go back to RTS Jackson and do his counseling degree. This girl and young man on the, in the up corner, uh, up top, uh, Rebecca McElwain is from uh, Greenville, South Carolina. She's been down, I think, about five years with us now and married to this man named Oscar. And so they are probably the future of, of our mission. Couples like that, they still don't have any children, but I'll tell you a little bit more about what they do later on. And then we have Alexis and Rose in the bottom left. Alexis is our RUF director and one of our pastors, and Rose is heading up our finance ministry. Then in the middle there is Alonzo. You probably all know Alonzo and his wife Esther, the founders of our mission, still in Cajamarca. On the bottom middle is Ricardo, my pastor, where I have been serving for all 15 years. Ricardo Hernandez and his wife Danny, and their three daughters. And then this is Ezra's, Ezra's Vasquez and his wife Megan. You can tell she's also from, not from Peru. She came down with crew a couple of years ago and um, met Ezra's, who was still single at the time, and now they're, they've been married about two years now. And Ezra's is the pastor of the, one of our churches. I don't have a, no, there they are, the Wes and Jamie, who you may remember, they were here a couple of years ago. Wes has been there with Alonzo for about 20 years now. So just a reminder, if you don't know, Peru is on the um, western side of South America on the Pacific Ocean. It's not a very large country compared to Brazil, but it has three zones, and where I live is on the coast near the Pacific Ocean. Our 
our house is just three miles from the, from the water, our apartment. And the city of Trujillo, which is where we've been all of our 15 years in Peru. Trujillo is an old city, around 500 years old, named after Trujillo in Spain, where Francisco Pizarro came from, the conquistador, who first arrived in Peru with the, his armada. And um, it's a city of about a little over a million people, so we have a Plenty of room there to continue planting churches. Uh, the central part of Peru are the mountains where Alonzo lives, and his city is Cajamarca, and it's around 80,000 people. And in the mountains, you'll see the distinctive dress. It's a lot of agriculture, mining. Mining is really big in Peru. They've past 20 years, the economy's really improved a, a lot thanks to the mining. Of course, it has its environmental impact, which is not always good. And then on the eastern side of the country is the jungle, where uh, it's always hot and wet and rainy, and a lot of our hardwoods come from, from there. So what do we do? We say we were building the city of God in the urban centers of northern Peru. That's our mission. And this is the, are the programs or ministries that we are, we've established in Trujillo. I'm going to mainly talk about Trujillo because that's where I've been living and working. So we have church planting or, or churches. We have our seminary, university ministry, our medical ministry, our school our summer camp, and then our microfinance, and finally our um, sponsor a child ministry. So just, we're gonna run through the three churches quickly that we have planted in Trujillo. Um, first one is Cristo Rey, which means Christ the King. This is our downtown central church where Ezra's is now the lead pastor, along with Wes Baker. When he and Alexis Alayo, so they have a team of three pastors there at this downtown church. And my church, Christ the Restorer, that's what this means, Cristo Restaurador. Um, it's been, we celebrated our 17th anniversary this past year. It was started a few years before I, I came on the field. Of course, Ricardo has been the pastor there for about 15 of those, of those years. This young man in the bottom is a deacon right now. His name's Luis, but I'll, I'll have another picture of him too. He's next, he's almost done with his examination, so he'll be the next assistant pastor. Stuart was, uh, Ricardo's assistant pastor for all these years. And now that Stuart's left, Luis is waiting in the wings. He just needs to get through his final exam. So here's a good, we just had a guy come down um, doing some drone photography for us last month. So I'm trying to little by little incorporate a lot of his photos into my presentation. But you can see um, the, the hill in the background where we took the first picture from. 
get an idea of, of our neighborhood. This is called La Esperanza. Outside, it's on the north side of the city of Trujillo. A lot of urban sprawl, and it's started out as a really poor neighborhood. Now it's become more of a middle-class neighborhood over the years. And this is a picture of our complex, our church, our school, and our clinic right there in the bottom. The, now this green artificial turf soccer court is new. It belongs to the city, but um, we are, we're negotiating with them because we want to use that for our uh, PE fields. <laughs> um, my wife, of course, over the years have been involved in teaching Bible studies, and this is her and Rebecca with a ladies group. My wife um, got trained in Bible study fellowship around six years ago. When we were home on furlough, she fell in love with the ministry. It's been really helpful for her. And she found out there's a BSF, a large group in Lima in Peru. So now through contact with them, she is the point person in Trujillo for the BSF in Trujillo. So she's trained Rebecca and two other Peruvian, Rose and Marissa. I don't have a picture of her, but um, they are now, they all have their own Bible studies. So we have four BSF Bible studies going through in Trujillo. Our third church is, and maybe you'll recognize this fellow doing the thumbs up. This is Christ uh, the Redeemer in, in our industrial park neighborhood. So it's one of our poorest neighborhoods. And hopefully when Brian and Jessica get back down there soon, uh, they'll be back out there working with and, and Rebecca and Oscar. This is where Rebecca and Oscar are, are working with Pastor Percy and his family. So there's a lot of work to do, and we, we need them back on the field. Just another picture of the front of our church, and you can see on the right side, the red top roofs, those are our, our kindergarten and primary school. The back is our medical clinic with the un unfinished roof, because we have our first floor done, and the, the plan is to build a second story and have uh, maternal infant care. And then the rest of this will be our school as we can fin finish building. So some of you may know, but um, Jose Barriga will, is, is also going to be supported, I think, by this church. And he's one, the pastor at the Wichensau Church. Wichensau is a probably Chimu word in ancient culture from the coast. No one really knows what it means. <laughs> but um, he's going to come and go to Greenville Seminary and then come back to Peru and, and work a lot more, with, especially with Alonzo. So this is Alonzo's church up in the mountains, Los Rosales, and it's doing really well. It's grown a lot over the years. They have uh, several churches. Some of these are, have been around a lot longer than our churches on the coast. Manzana Mayo, um, San Jose, especially the churches from Georgia, South Carolina have done a lot of work with Alonzo and sent teams down to help him build build these churches up in the mountains. This is the newest church plant in the city of Cajamarca, which I know pretty well. I go up there about once a year and help out with medical and dental campaigns. Dale, last year our special offering project was for uh, 
Well, it's a great facility. It's, it's almost finished, and so it's going to be a great um, church and, well, multi-use building because they've got room to do a lot of stuff there. So it's a little... Have you been, Frankie? You know, it's kind of built on the side, side of the hill. If you don't like heights, you may not like going to this church, but... <laughs> It's, that's how they build. Oh, and look, he even has, you can see the concrete pumper truck. Now, we don't get to use those in Trujillo. We make everybody carry concrete on there in buckets. They're high tech. Waukee, another church out in the hills and Alonzo doesn't you know there's not a pastor for every church so he and the group his elders and pastors kind of make the circuit and and go and preach when they can here's just a typical scene of a church lunch the ladies frying up their guinea pigs to serve after the service All right, so that's our church, our churches in Peru that, that the mission has mostly have started. And another part we do is uh, our seminary. So we have to train our new young men to be our pastors. And, we, and Alonzo has his seminary in Caimarca. We have a little bit of overlap, but then in, on the coast we have our, our own. We call ours the Areopago. And right now we've got about 50 students going through and Four of our, our men are going to in line to become pastors. So there's Luis again, the one who's almost done. Hopefully next month he'll be ordained. And Jesus is next. He's currently our medical clinic administrator, but we want him to, to use his gifts to plant a church. Gonzalo is the man in the glasses, and he's the one we're going to send down to Chimbote, and hopefully next month. His wife is a school teacher. She's already applied. Minnick's got a job down at the, at the city. We've got a core group um, already formed. So that's our, that's our goal for this year is get that church plant going. And then the young guy is Christopher over here. He was an eight-year-old when I first met him. And now he's, I think, in his 20s, almost done with university, but has felt the call to become a, a pastor. So... I know him the most when I used to teach the high school kids for, at, at our church. He was, he was one of my favorites. So another thing we do is, like I mentioned, RUF, or, or university ministry. We call it SUSA, after San Agustin. And it's similar to RUF here. We just Bible studies, large group meetings, games and activities, trying to reach out to the, the universities in town. Um, Alexis is now heading this up. If my mouse works, he's back there with the glasses. Ezra's, who's now the pastor of Christ the King, or Cristo Rey, was our university director, but he's passed that over to Alexis to become the full-time pastor. And this is just a typical meeting before pandemic. This was, I think, taken right before the pandemic hit, where we would have bunch of kids come in Saturday nights or Friday nights to have activities and and then when we had when um, we started with the COVID the, the the government shut down all the schools and all the universities and prohibited all meetings 
So that took the wind out of our sails, but we're back now. The universities are open, schools are back open, and um, slowly we're getting the university ministry going again. Um, I guess upstairs I, there's a little table, and I put a few of these printouts. We did an end-of-year report um, for all the things that the Lord did last year and a few of our hopes and for this coming year. So there's a few copies of this up there if you want to grab it upstairs on the table. But it'll, it'll also go through each of our ministries and give you some of our accomplishments. Like within, with our church planning, we last year in Trujillo, we received 32 new members. We had six baptisms and four weddings. Now, the weddings, of course, were put off during the pandemic. No weddings were allowed, so that a lot of people were not happy about that. But um, so we're, I guess you could say we're catching up. Talks about our Christ Kids ministry, which I haven't got into yet, but um, our theological, our seminary. So here, here's just the details are some a brief um, summary of, of what we've done. So... We need prayers for all of these ministries. And, and then, of course, the medical ministry, which a lot of you, uh, if you know me, this is what I was called to do when I first went down to Peru. Was I'm a lab tech, I'm not a pastor. And going down to Peru, they were asking me to, to start the medical ministry, to start up a medical clinic. So over the years, that's, that's been about my first eight to 10 years on the field was Establishing, building our new clinic in your church, again, was integral to that, to establish our, establishing our Revelo clinic. We, we started out with a clinic in Wichensau, and, and that clinic has since closed. The neighborhood changed, and we decided to, to, to move our staff and personnel over to the Revelo neighborhood. So we have a really beautiful clinic now. I don't have a picture of the outside, but... Um, those of you who have been, you've seen it, so it's really nice. And, and again, another frustration with the pandemic was that we had to close our clinic. Um, we did not, we don't, we're a primary care, we don't have inpatient services, so the government decided if, unless you can treat patients uh, with COVID, then you're not allowed to be open. So for 2020, our clinic was closed. 2021, we were able to reopen a little bit with with a lot of restrictions, a lot of masks, patients waiting outside. We couldn't have people in our waiting room and mainly doing dental care at the beginning. But even during COVID, we were able to keep working. Um, if you kept up with the news, you'll, you may have heard that Peru was really affected uh, by, by the pandemic. We had one of the highest mortality rates in the world for 100,000 people. Um, and a lot of that's because uh, there was not enough oxygen to go around. So one of the things we did with uh, some donations was purchase oxy oxygen concentrators. We had six of these units. And so we could take them to the homes of people with COVID struggling to breathe and hook them up. And we had a, a doctor and a nurse, or a couple of nurses who were doing that um, during the pandemic. So we were attending people in their homes. And our pastor, Ricardo, uh, maybe you remember, we put out some urgent prayer requests for him, almost died. He was, for about three weeks, really ill. But he pulled through, thanks 
Um, thanks to the Lord. Pastor Jaime, I had a picture of him earlier. He passed away uh, during the pandemic. He was at the beginning in June, I think it was, of, of 2020. Pastor Jaime was a real dynamic person. He did not like to sit around and do, twiddle his thumbs. So when the government told everybody to stay indoors, he, he didn't do it. He kept doing his visits and getting out and visiting, checking on people. And, uh, but he did have complications. He had had two previous heart surgeries. So we feel like that was um, one of the reasons he, he didn't pull through when he, when he got COVID. But it was a big blow for us uh, as a mission, but, but we've, we've recovered and we just give thanks now to all, all he meant to us over the years. So your special offering for this conference is Geneva School. Um, and now I'll talk a little bit about this. So, so again, after we got the Arevalo Clinic built and running, my kind of next emphasis was getting our school started. So we had the property, which you've seen a little bit, but we just kept talking year after year about, yeah, and then one day we'll have the school. But, you know, there was, looked around our mission, who's going to do that? Well, you know, who's our educator? Who's our, who's going to head that up? And there was nobody. So really it was me, Pastor Ricardo, and another elder from our church in Arevalo just sat and said, well, it's now or never. Let's just see what we can do. So we all uh, planned and got the, started on the, the filings with the government, came up with some basic ideas about how to start, and we started with a kindergarten. So that was in 2015 when we opened with three and four and five-year-olds, and we've just been growing ever since. So that's our model. Every year we add a grade, which means every year we build a new classroom, and that's what you're, you're doing for us uh, this year is helping us build our eighth grade classroom. We're now K through eighth grade. And we expect to have around 270 students this year. And um, it's been great. Um, I know my children were mainly homeschooled, but um, we did practice the catechism with them. And, and even though I don't think their comprehension was there all the time. I can see now that they're older and in college how, how it does build up over time. And, and this is a great opportunity for us because we do have our kids go and learn the catechism a little slowly. It's not quickly, but have, we have chapel time every day. So we go and to our, you, we're right next to our church, so we go into our sanctuary. It's really short, only 15 minutes, but we'll, we'll sing the Psalms. So we're, we're teaching them, they're learning the Psalms. We have a short Bible lesson, usually from the gospel, because most of these kids are unchurched. They, they, don't, go to, they don't go to church, and their parents don't take them to church, and their parents don't go to church. So this is, this is a great, we see it as a great ministry to um, change definitely the next generation. So here you can see what's left of our property. This will be our more of our high school area. This is the, the latest classroom, the eighth grade one, right there, which you are helping us with. And then we'll have ninth, 10th, and 11th grade 
in Peru, we only go through 11 grades, but we'll, we also hope to this middle part to be more of a courtyard and this, these kind of brown wooden windows are, this is our kitchen we built several years ago on the side of our church because Christ Kids, which I'm about to talk about, we um, includes meals, nutritious, nutritious meals for the children. So we also hope to use this during, during the high school kids to once we get our patio built so they can have lunch out there. So this will be the next four or five years for us what we're little by little finishing, our, finishing out our school construction. You can also kind of get a better idea now of why we say we live in a desert in Trujillo. Once you're up in the air, you can see all the sand and the arid conditions. All right, so summer camp. Again, this church, IPC, has been a big part of, of us developing our summer camp. You, this church has a history of doing its camp and you can see the, the fruit over the years of kids having, having camp time and learning the gospel, learning the scriptures. And so we, we've tried to do the same thing in Peru. You, you've taught us along with another church in, in Jackson, Mississippi. And it's a, just a great time for, for our, not only the kids in our church, but the neighborhood kids who live near our church, so they come too, uh, if if their parents are, are permitting. This year, well, for two years we didn't do camp because of the pandemic again, shut everything down. But this past year, Oscar, Rebecca's husband, came to me and said, Why "When are we going to do camp again?" I said, "Well, I don't know. We, you know, we haven't been having teams come to Peru because we." because of all the restrictions and we, you know, for a long time, you couldn't come to Peru unless you were vaccinated and you have to wear a mask all the whole time. And a lot of team churches just said, well, not all of our members are vaccinated or not everybody's comfortable with the mask. But now all the restrictions are gone. So this, this, this year we're hoping we're gonna have a full team season again, June through, June and July. But Oscar said, well, let's just, can't we do camp ourselves? without IPC or without Twin Lakes from Jackson, Mississippi. I said, yeah, why don't, you know, if you're gonna head it up. <laughs> so he did. Oscar and Luis, our new, our pastor, new pastor almost, is uh, they, they got together, um, came to our presbytery, pitched the idea of doing camp, and presbytery approved it. But it was only three days instead of the normal five but this was, here's the result. You know, we had about 130 kids coming out. All the staff and people that worked were our local Peruvians in our churches. Of course, year after year, they've been helping anyway. So it really went pretty well. And um, I wasn't there. I came back right before camp started. But but I heard really good things about, about it this year. So, you know, this is, this is, I think, part of what missions is. is is you introduce the ministry, the concepts, and then they just take it from there. So we're really grateful the way the Lord has worked that out. Well, our microfinance over the years has changed. We were initially focused a lot, if you've heard this before, on, on giving small loans to women so they can start, improve their local business. A lot of um, housewives 
have these side jobs they do to support their families. So they'll turn their living room into a little shop, making cakes or sewing, uh, selling little cokes and candies from their front 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 living room. And so that was kind of our focus: getting getting these loans into, into these women's and giving them some training, teaching them how to do a business plan. And now we're, tr we're shifting more towards micro savings. The, the credit market has exploded in Peru. It's, it's really gotten out of control. So there's no longer a difficulty for a person to go and find a small loan. But now we want to focus on how to save and more how to, to be a good entrepreneur. So Rose, again, is, is heading up this ministry as we transition to micro savings. Lastly, I think our, is the, one of our newest programs is called Niños de Cristo, or Christ Kids. And here is just a child sponsorship ministry where we ask a donor to give us $50 a month. And with that, we are selecting poor children from our neighborhoods. And we're going to uh, give them food, meals a couple of times a week. Uh, we give them health care in our clinic. They come and get checkups twice a year. They get their teeth cleaned and they get fluoride treatments. If they have cavities, we fill those. We do um, after school tutoring. So during the school year, a couple of times a week, they'll come up to our church and there'll be a math tutor or a language arts tutor, something like that to work with the kids, help them where they're, where they're struggling. And then, of course, on Saturdays and Sundays, they're at the church, too. Saturdays is our, our big group day where we have activities, games, the meals, and um, some Bible lessons. And then they come back Sunday morning for Sunday school and get a snack again uh, during that time. So Christ Kids has uh, really helped um, pull more families into the churches because it's either a mother or a grandmother or somebody bringing the kid to the church, the child to the church. And we've grown, our church in Arevalo has grown uh, by several families through this program. So again, if the, up, upstairs I've got some cards. If you want to, if you're interested in sponsoring a child, there's some little cards you can fill out or get on the website. It's a good way to, to learn more about this program. This is Noe. Abincola, he is the director of the program. And it started out in Arevalo in my church because we have the facilities and now we've started up a year, last year we started in Percy's church in, in the industrial park where Oscar and Rebecca are and hopefully Brian and Jessica, when they get down to Peru, they'll be out there helping with this program too. We've got 60 kids in, in our church coming through the program and we want to grow by 20 more this year, get it up to 80. And out in the, in the Cristo uh, Christ Redeemer Church, we have 20 right now, but, and we want to move that up to about 40. But um, one thing we're lacking out in that church is, is getting our kitchen and bathrooms done. So that's where hopefully this year we'll, we'll do a lot more construction out there and get that, get that going. But it's a great ministry to <clears throat> a way to... Again, just get, get the gospel out and make disciples of these, these young kids. All right. Um, how can you help? Well, you are helping. <laughs> you have helped. Continue to pray. Um, maybe you've heard personally um, our families. Like I mentioned, all of our 
children now back in the state, so we're, we're entering in a different phase of life, me and my wife, I guess empty nesters. But what complicates the, this situation is my wife has decided to, to take care of her mom. Her mom's health has declined, so she's committed to watching, taking care of her. She, she has dementia, and she can no longer walk. So she needs um, somebody with her 24 hours a day. So Susan's not going to be going back with me in May when I go back to Peru. So I appreciate your prayers. Help us think through that. Maybe the Lord will provide. Um, at this point, my wife doesn't want to put her in a home or assisted living facility. She wants to be with her. But um, I'll, I'm going back in May, be there for the rest of the year probably in Peru. Or, but I'll, I do plan to come back. But I think that's kind of what we're thinking now, a lot more back and forth for me to Peru. Um, but pray for us and our family and pray for um, our new church plant. We really ask your prayers for that, that, that that will get off to a good start later on this year, that the funding will come through. We only need to raise about another $1,000 a month to get, to get that supported. And again, thank you for, for those of you who are given to the new classroom. That's a great help for us. So, um, anyone have questions about our ministries and works? No, that's just one child. I'm sorry. Yeah, fifty dollars for one child. Yeah. And they get all those services that you. Right. Uh huh. Okay, so we get we get a meal about twice a week. We get health care at the clinic, um, tutoring throughout the year. Even in the summer, um, when they're not in school, they're they're at the church more because we have special activities. If you're on Facebook and you look up Peru Mission, you'll see we just posted last week some pictures of like we had a baking class, kids were making desserts, and then we had photography class for the older ones, different things like that. So that's kind of our summer events, January and February. Anybody else? Okay, well, we have our own. If you go to perumission.org, one of our drop-down menus is Christ Kids. So that'll basically take you to a new website, and our children are on there. So you can look through the page and see who's available for sponsorship. Or, yeah, that's, that's the easiest way because there's a way you can go in and put your information in and sponsor a child through the website. Or you can just email me, and I'll help you get set up. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Dale, I don't know if you know that I was in Peru in 1999. Did you know that? Ligon Duncan, Duncan Rankin, and I went to Peru. And as I recall, you're going to have to correct me before I make a complete buffoon out of myself in front of all these. There were only three, there were only three churches. Okay, so I get geography big picture, like Germany is over there and that sort of thing. 
but like, but but um, local picture like where are the reeds they read they moved to Rinkin. I don't know where Rinkin is. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I don't know where Rinkin is. Once I get off of Abercorn, uh, <laughs> is that way? That way. So here's what I remember is that there were only, in 1999, there were only three churches. There was one in Lima um, and uh, Castro, a fellow named Castro was pastoring. Am I right? So, stop. So, <laughs> then there was a church in, Ca <laughs> then there was a church in Cajamarca that, uh, that Alonzo was pastoring. And then we visited a place called Trujillo, I think, that was the most depressingly desolate place I'd ever been in my entire life. There were like no completed houses anywhere. They, they, um, it was all uh, like brick structures, half completed with, uh, what do you call those construction rods? Yeah, yeah, that word, rebar. And, and it, there was like nothing green anywhere. Nowhere. It was just bleak, desolate desert. And I thought it would have been the most uh, stifling of the soul possible place to live. And I think you were showing pictures of that area 23 years later, a beautiful church building, and then a whole city that now is actually completed. That. Uh, you completed buildings everywhere, and um, it's just amazing how much change can take place in a couple of decades uh, uh, for all the people of Trujillo, and then the whole Christian movement there, uh, the Peru mission. Alonzo, we called the John Knox of Peru, but uh, it's amazing the number of churches now and the ministries that are up and going. All to say, this is what you... Your, the missions budget of your church is involved in doing, and it's part of the transformation of, of um, the areas into which we pour resources for the sake of the kingdom of Christ. Uh, so let me, um, let me dismiss you to the worship service. Amen.